Sunday blessings to you all. This is the Lord's Day, the day of resurrection that commences a new week and offers a new opportunity to be drawn by grace more deeply into the Paschal mystery of Jesus Christ. Through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, may each of us graciously respond to Jesus' invitation to live more deeply his passion, death, and glorious resurrection and ascension, and be drawn into loving communion with God our Father. You are listening to Encountering Jesus with the Church Fathers, a podcast pondering patristic commentary and insight on the sacred scriptures, the sacred liturgy, and living as a disciple of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Father Mark, and I welcome you to this podcast on the 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Guiding us this Sunday in opening the Word of God is Martorias, known also as Sadana, a 7th century Syriac Christian writer. He was a monk who eventually became the Bishop of Beth Garmai, which is near present-day Kirkuk in Iraq. He penned the Book of Perfection, a two-part work that explored the connections between proper belief or dogma and right moral living. His astute theological insight is grounded in an abundant and specific citing of sacred scripture. And now, an excerpt from Martorias's The Book of Perfection. At every moment, we need to have wakefulness recollected thoughts, and a careful watch on the intellect. This applies, above all, when we stand before God in spiritual ministry, speaking in a hidden way in prayer with God's majesty. At such a time, it is appropriate that we stand with a wakeful and attentive mind combining a sense of awe and trembling with the spiritual fervor of joy and deep love. When we collect together our outward senses, gathering in the thoughts of our minds from all over the place, then, as we are being raised up from the earth and from the body by the interior movements of our soul, and we become like those who dwell in heaven, let us speak with God, stretching out towards him the gaze of our eyes upon our heart. In a hidden way, let us look upon his majesty in awe, and behold, as though in a mirror, as it were the likeness of him who cannot be seen. Let us realize, even just a little 
and insofar as we are capable, the extent of the greatness of the God whom we have held worthy to serve. We should consider how wretched we are, where we are actually standing, and in whose presence. Right at the beginning of our converse with God, we stand before him. We should use those humble words of the blessed patriarch Abraham. See, I have begun to speak in the Lord's presence, I who am but dust and ashes. Let us also ponder this, how we, who are mortal beings continually bespattered with the mud of sins, have been held worthy to stand before the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who dwells in the resplendent light that none can approach, to whose honor thousands upon thousands and myriads of myriads of angels and archangels minister as they stand before him in fear and trembling. How he, before whom even the heavens are not pure, even though he strikes wonder in his angels, yet he condescends to speak with the weak and wretched human beings who have rendered themselves unclean by sins. For he said, Though the prophet to the sinful people of Israel, who were befouled by ugly deeds, wash and be cleansed, remove the foulness of your actions from my sight. Come, let us speak with one another, says the Lord. How immense is the grace of the divine compassion and condescension that knows no limit. God comes down to the level of sinful men and women. The good Lord speaks with his rebellious servants. The Holy One calls those who are impure to forgiveness. Humanity created out of mud addresses its fashioner with familiarity. Dust converses with its maker. Let us therefore show all when we sinners stand in the presence of this majesty and speak, even though we are so impure in our deeds. He draws us close to the sight of himself in the Spirit, let us therefore repeat with trembling the words of the blessed prophet Isaiah. Woe is me, for I am dazed. I am a man of unclean lips, yet my eyes have beheld the King, the Lord Almighty. For as our Savior pointed out, even the cruel and wicked judge eventually saw to the poor widow's case because she had wearied him with her importunity. But it is quite clear that God does not neglect us. Even if he makes us wait, he will nonetheless answer us and see to our case all of a sudden.
When we pray all the time, we should not weary, but eagerly cry out to him day and night, supplicating him with a broken heart and a humble spirit. For a humble spirit is a sacrifice to God, and God will not reject a broken heart. If you offer to God the sacrifice of prayer in humility, he will answer you and deliver you, granting you all sorts of good things. Our Lord said, If then you who are evil know how to give good things to your children, how much more will your good Father give good things from heaven to those who ask him? For he will not go on holding back from us his kingdom and his righteousness, which have been prepared for us, provided we persevere valiantly in knowledge and humility of spirit, making our request to him with the broken heart and afflicted spirit which he desires. If, on the contrary, we pray and recite the Psalms before him in a proud and critical way, giving ourselves airs, or if we complete the office in a distracted way, not only will he not listen to us or deliver us from the evil one, but we will be making ourselves and our request abominable before him so that he will turn out to be our opponent who strives against us. In other words, he will drive us out from his presence and hand us over to Satan to be punished, to stop, to stop us acting blasphemously. Thus, whoever offers to God sacrifices of praise, the rational fruits of the lips that confess his name, should be very weary of the ambushes of the evil one. For Satan lies in ambush, ready to catch you by surprise at the very time of thanksgiving. He will get up and accuse you before God, just as he did with your fellow Pharisee in the temple. This time, he will not be puffing you up with pride over good works as he did with the Pharisee, but he will be making you drunk with a different kind of pride, pride in the lovely and sweet sound of your own voice, the beauty of your chants that are sweeter than honey and the honeycomb, with the result that you do not realize that these belong to God and not to yourself. You should understand this from the case of the harp or lyre or cymbals when they make a sound. Does the sweetness of the melody and the song come from the harp or the lyre? Or does it belong to the person plucking the instrument and singing? You who are endowed with reason should receive instruction from what is not endowed with senses. And you should realize 
that the Spirit of God is playing on your tongue and singing His melodies in your mouth. Therefore, do not be proud of the sweetness of the words that does not belong to you. You may be too deaf to understand them, perhaps even more so than the sounding brass cymbals. For you are much more inferior to the spirit who sings in you than is the ten-string harp to the musician. Therefore, do not be proud over the spirit who speaks in you. Even though you may know his intention well, whereas the apostle who is gazing upon it in wonder, saying, Who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor? Accordingly, reader, if you suppose that you have some understanding or knowledge, you should learn from Paul that you have not yet understood anything in the way you should properly understand it. My beloved, let us keep far away from anything like all of this. Rather, let us pray in a hidden way, with humility of heart, without having any desire to be puffed up with pride at the demonstration of our prayer, thus losing our reward. Our Lord bids us, when you pray, enter your chamber and close your door. What then is this chamber, if not the inner house of the heart, whose door is kept closed by humility, which abhors praise from men? All holy men and women, pray for us. Let us pray. O God, you have willed that your church be the sacrament of salvation for all nations, so that Christ's saving work may continue to the ends of the ages. Stir up, we pray, the hearts of your faithful, and grant that they may feel a more urgent call to work for the salvation of every creature so that from all the peoples on earth, one family and one people of your own may arise and increase. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go and announce the Gospel of the Lord.